Good evening, and welcome to Midnight Audio Theater Live from the Fort Hayes Performance Center next door to Central Ohio's NPR station, WCBE 90.5 FM and HD, WCBE Columbus, and 106.3 FM in Newark. I'm your host, Kathy Ranella, and here is the executive producer of Midnight Audio Theater, Dan Michalko. Thank you all for coming tonight. It's a real honor and a pleasure to have you here. This is a big experiment for us because in modern times, people don't get to see radio. And what I like, Kathy and I actually had a, a mini friendly debate about, do we call this like radio drama from yesteryear? Because she doesn't want that association. These are new scripts, new productions that she airs every Friday night. But what I liked about the old school radio dramas was that so many of them actually had a live audience like this. And that adds a whole different dynamic to the production. In fact, in episode two, after the intermission, you all have a very, very, very critical role because I am a snap mute. So I'm gonna need your help. The Foley table's gonna need your help. And I'll explain that during the intermission. But that's something we couldn't pull off in the studio. So you're here, we have an audience, we can now enhance the second episode, thanks to you. So, yeah, it's just that great dynamic. It's an experiment that's already paid off. Thank you for making me lose the bet because I was gonna be ecstatic. I thought we were gonna cap out at seven people coming and that was just the actor's family members. So you proved me wrong and I'm glad you did it. Yeah. We're gonna give full credits after each episode, but this is the, little, the actor and Foley artist enclave over here. So in advance, please give them a warm welcome. So get all those jitters out of the way. I do wanna give a quick spiel of our lineup for tonight. Mm -hmm. I realize we don't have programs out, but so you know, tonight is The Adventures of Tara Flame. Tonight's shows, we have two stories back to back of Tara, Tara Flame, uh, intrepid space uh, exploration uh, pilot extraordinaire. Some of those words can go together, I promise. Um, <laughs> uh, these stories are actually uh, chosen through our script writing competition that we hold every year. It's an annual competition that's open to uh, pretty much any age, any writing experience. Um, we try to keep it as open as possible so as many people can get experience in writing for audio drama or just storytelling in general. And uh, the first story you're gonna hear is Tara Flame on Patrol. We produced this back in 2015. Um, it was our winner from the year previous, written by Evan Waters. And the second story you'll hear tonight has yet to be seen or heard on MAT. It is brand new, it is also written by Evan Waters, it was chosen by our most current um, script writing competition as one of our winners. It's Tara Flame and the Sleeping City. Both should be fun and exciting, and then we have an intermission in between with Dan doing something, and that'll be interesting. I yes. Don't, no, don't build it up. <laughs> don't I'm just build gonna be it standing up, up here. I, I'm sorry, it'll be horrible. Yes, that's right. Like it'll it. be really bad. It'll be a good time to go to the bathroom because you won't miss a thing. <laughs> All right, everyone? Oh, here. one thing. I do have one thing. Oh, okay. I want to thank Actors Theater, not only because like all the cast are Actors Theater people, including a director who's also acting tonight, 
Um, but Actors Theater supports WCBE in a ton of different ways, so I wanted to make sure we extended a special thanks to them. There's some information about them out front, so make sure you grab that. And formally, our thanks to Tupelo Donuts, Mikey's Late Night Slice, and 3D Food Truck for actually making this a bigger experience than we thought it was gonna be. So we hope you all ate well. Be sure to buy extra stuff when you leave. The creme brulee donuts need to be refrigerated. It's real cream. Yeah, there's our official endorsement right there. They're so good. <laughs> all right, so without further ado, on with the show, and a round of applause to our first round of actors. This is Tara Flame, piloting the Starship Devon Scepter on patrol in Beta Cassiopeiae. And I'm starting to question my decision to take on an assignment in an uncolonized star system. Haven't talked to anyone in a week. Still, nice scenery. Some lovely gas clouds. I figured you'd love to work unsupervised. Hello, who's this? I'm going to forgive the insult since, let's face it, the transmission quality sucks over these transponders. Tell you what, TF, you get three guesses. Casey and Smith. Hey, you remembered. If only I could forget, you old lady killer. If only it stopped there. Mm. So you made Vanguard after all, a, a free agent of the League of Planets, captain's discretion, and you chose to come here? I heard some reports about ships encountering an unknown craft in the nebula. Possibly hostile. Uh, where are you hailing from? Listening post extension XJ2. I heard about some of those reports. You think those Zoomer kids saw anything? If it were just the kids, I wouldn't be out here. A Polarian crystal ship reported an encounter with an unknown object when they were out here on a pilgrimage. They say it opened fire on them. But you haven't seen anything yet, I take it? Not a blip. Tell you what, if you get bored, you can always head on over here. XJ2 isn't much, but we do have the finest selection of wine and spirits ever for a class five minimum staff station. That's a nice offer, but I think I'll keep looking for a little while. If it is just people and living crystals seeing things, there should be something to explain what they saw. Maybe if I get closer to the nebulae. You sure your ship can take all that? Not at all, let's find out. Uh, be careful, TF. If you stop calling me that, I will. Gas clouds up ahead, settling into a distance of 100 kilometers. Do you see anything yet? Sensors are acting up quite a bit, actually. I thought I was still in the safe zone. Am I broadcasting okay? You know, you could have done this earlier. Or did you just want to put in a call so you'd have a witness? No, someone has to notify my next of Kim. Oh, oh, oh. Hang on, this may be paying off. Uh, what is it? I uh, can't tell for sure, just a blip right now. Definitely inside the cloud. Oh, sounds like pirates to me. 
Most ships couldn't detect anything in there. It'd be a perfect staging point for an ambush. Could be just about anything that wants to be concealed. Whatever it is, I can't be sure from out here. I need to get in closer without scaring it off. That cloud's gonna play hell with sensors. I can keep communication open, I think. What's your sensor outload on that station? Can you see any better? I can bounce a few signals around. Get at least a tactical readout. Better than nothing. Here goes. Entering the cloud now. Uh, Tara, can you read me? Loud, not quite clear. What about me? A bit like you've got a fishbowl on your head, but otherwise okay. The craft is stationary now. Not a configuration I recognize. Very smooth. I'm reading power, but not much else. No chance of getting a tag. Of course, it could just be some fancy custom design for some Centauran prince. You're not seeing this. I've got visuals, and it's not like any ship I've ever seen. Uh, hang on, I- I'm reading a surge. Big energy buildup on the craft. Stay back. Hailing frequencies on. Unidentified craft, do not be alarmed. We come in peace. Please identify yourself. Uh, uh, this thing could be priming weapons, Tara. I'm looking very closely. A Tara, that shit could wipe you out completely. There are no reports of it attacking anyone. I think it's just a... Look out, Tara! It's on the move. Revving engines the whole time. Right, I've got a lock on it. Time to see how fast this mystery craft is. Oh, reading your pursuit, Tara. I'll try and observe from up here, but there's already a ton of static interference and it's only going to get worse. Hot damn, this ship is fast. I'm up to 0.9 AUs per hour and I'm already starting to lose ground. It's still flying at sublight speeds, though. Maybe it's not faster than light capable. It had to come from somewhere. Maybe it just wants a chase. Uh, uh, Tara, at that trajectory, I have both of you headed into the Heinsu Maelstrom. Hard not to notice that. I'm afraid I'll just have to keep going. Uh, I'll try and tuck you through it. You'll want to stay out of the ion clouds coming up on your starboard. Notice the... Uh, damn, the pokey just passed right through him. Looks like it's taken the long way past the Borgstrom cloud. You might be able to shortcut through there. You've never been in a Borgstrom cloud before, have you? I know it messes with sensors, but not much beyond that. Sensors? Hell! It misses with your own perception. Well, you could steer past. Nah, you're right. The shortcut's better. So, Taro, what are you seeing? Casey? I think you're trying to talk to me, but let's just say you're not coming through. Uh, it's hard to concentrate with all these bats flying across the screen. Okay, Tara. Just keep your bearings, fly straight, ignore the clown playing with the controls. Wait! Okay, see, I've got an idea. Am I on the right track? Growl once for yes and twice for no. Okay, I'm gonna assume that was a yes. Tara, you're out. Can you hear me? Okay, I am never doing that while I'm on duty. Oh, let's see where our friend is. Uh, Coming up behind you. Uh, Do you have some way of slowing him down? First things first, Casey. You're assuming it's a he? Second, actually, I'm not sure yet. I don't want to damage the craft. May technically be possible to throw in a tractor beam at this speed if I aim well enough. Scope's a little dodgy from all the energy in the Borgstrom cloud. Uh, just tell me when to throw it. Make sure it's powered. Of course. It's staying on course. May not have noticed you yet. Coming into range in five. I see it now. Four, I'm getting a bearing. Three, it's like it doesn't even see two, me. One now. Got it. I can see that, but Tara. Yes. 
Yeah, you know that ship is still moving, and yours with it. About that. Yes, uh, it's um, putting up a little bit of a fight. Putting up a fight? Taro, this isn't bass fishing. Well, it's a similar principle. If I can maintain the tractor beam, it should burn out the UFO's engines, or at least draw enough power that it has to slow down. Uh, Tara, that ship is dragging you halfway across the system. If it doesn't fly you into an asteroid, you'll be dragged into the next galaxy over. This is not a sustainable plan, Tara. We need to communicate with this thing, this person. If I can just hold on long enough to get a signal through. Uh, maybe we should just let this one go, Tara. What are you talking about? If it wants to be left alone, maybe we're just making it angry. Uh, I don't think it means to do any harm. Maybe it attacked the ship in self-defense. I'm not sure. But you may be right. I'm gonna turn off the tractor beam. Gotta try and time the engines right so I don't get thrown. Oh! Uh, Tara! Come in, Tara! Do you read me? Damn engines cut out! I'm spinning out of control! Nothing's responding! Oh, okay, just relax, Tara. I keep transmitting. I can get a patrol ship to intercept. Uh, they'll be there in maybe a day, Talk. Oh, probably not fast enough. You know that large, red, gas giant they've got? Uh, Cassiopeia Quartus? I'm headed right for it at about, well, I was being pulled at top speed when I let go around 1.1 AU per hour. Assume the spin uh, uh, means... Tara, how long have you got? Any minute now. I'm sorry you had to be around for this, Casey. Not a pleasant thing to see happen to anyone. Stop being ridiculous. You'll hit the atmosphere, yes, but that's not a death sentence. At this speed, it's close enough. I can't get any of the inertial controls working, and the outer layer of Cassiopeia Cortis is as thick as ice. Uh, Tara! Tara, I've always... Well, you know, I always was your friend. Casey, I've always liked you. Maybe that should be enough. Uh, uh, Tara, wait, we can't. That's odd. I've stopped. Casey? Casey, are you there? Tara, do you read me? The cockpit suddenly went all green. Some kind of light. Care to... Say anything? Tara, you're caught. The UFO has sent out some kind of tractor beam. Is that true? Or is this just another side effect of the Borgstrom cloud? Because I still see bats. Hello there, natives. Did you? Heard it, Tara. Hmm. Can you hear me? I am unused to this method of communication. I may not be doing it correctly. Alpha to Baker. Diver down. Require a tug. Uh, greetings. This, this is Tara Flame of the Vanguard of the League of Planets Interstellar Navy. I come in peace. Sorry about the whole misunderstanding with the tractor beam. I, uh... You were overzealous in your eagerness to make contact. It is forgivable. No, oh, thank you. Casey, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Depends. You go first and I'll say if it sounds crazy or not. My three-dimensional form was difficult to properly choose. I wanted to present something comforting and familiar. So, some kind of knit sweater. It does look quite comfortable. <laughs> if my appearance has caused undue distress, I apologize. I assure you my intentions are peaceful. What about the Emerald Dream? They say you open fire on them. I accidentally manifested a few photon beams my people use for communication. I did not realize they presented a physical hazard in this dimension. What 
does that mean? Well, where are you from? Not far. There is a portal between our dimensions, near one of the moons of this planet. My kind manifests normally in the sixth dimension. Three-dimensional living is quite an unusual experience. So you actually experience six dimensions? In addition to height, length, depth... There is also duration, temper, and tensile strength. At least, those are the closest translations possible. Imagine explaining depth to a two-dimensional being. <laughs> <laughs> We've got an entire book on the subject. And you can just make this journey whenever? Go through the portal? It requires some expenditure of energy, but it is a safe process for my people. What about if I were to go through? Visit your dimension? Oh, wait a minute, Tara. Just academically speaking, Casey, the, relax. The, uh, the experience would be disorienting. Without an existing frame of reference, your mind would draw upon images and sounds at random. You would not be able to trust your eyes. So, like the... <gasps> It's the Borgstrom Cloud, isn't it? You were lucky to come out the other side. Oh, there's so much you have to tell us. Listen, if we could get you to appear at the assembly hall on Polaris Secundus, informally, of course. We'll keep it under wraps at first. I'm afraid my visit is strictly temporary. My people still have very strict rules regarding interaction between our cultures. I'm in violation by even talking to you. Then why did you come here? For the experience, of course. Quite enjoyed our chase. Did you? Well, I won't say it was the worst time I've ever had on patrol. There was that part where I almost died, but that was mostly my fault. Perhaps I should visit this dimension more often? In secret, of course. Come back anytime. Oh, just remember, we only live about a hundred years or so. I'm sure you're all immortal or live based on temperature or something. It is difficult to explain. But I shall remember to visit within your chronological spans. Uh, this dimension is very dangerous. Take care of yourselves. Farewell. Wait! What's your name? Call me Josephine. And there he goes, into the cloud. He? Her name is Josephine. Ah, who knows? The concept of gender probably doesn't even apply to them. Well, that wasn't the most properly handled first contact in galactic history, but it could have gone worse. I think I'm happy with it. Would you look at that? Engines are finally coming back online. My offer still stands for you to join us at the listening post. Nah, I don't know. XJ2 is a bit out of my way. Oh, come on. There's an open bar, a few snacks left in the break room, and Sala managed to bring over a few Capellan wrestling specials. Ooh, does he have anything from the Trusks Federation's latest season? I think it's the whole run, but maybe missing a few of the weekly shows. You know something? I earned this. I identify the source of a disturbance, can report that no threat exists, and have technically made first contact with a civilization from another dimension. You're on, Casey. You mean it? I was... Well, sure. Following hunches has worked pretty well so far. I'm revving up the FTL engines now. See you in a couple hours. I'll get Sala to cover the rest of my ship. He owes me. Jumping to FTL now. Everyone out there listening, this is Tara Flame, signing off.
Tara Flame on Patrol was written by Evan Waters and produced by Catherine Ranella. The story is featured as part of the MAT Scriptwriting Competition Winners Collection of 2014 and 2015. It featured the voice talents of Beth Josephson, Josephson as Tara Flame, Sean Brown as Casey Smith, and Adam Simon as the entity. The Foley work was performed by Amanda Stevens. Music and additional sound effects were run by Kathy Ranella. And the music was provided by Kevin McLeod and Kay Hartwick. And thank you, Dan. I, I, I may have forgotten how we were setting up the credits at the end of the story, so yeah. That, yeah nice yeah. picking that up there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that is the end of our first story of Tara Flame on Patrol. We have a brief intermission, and then we'll be back with a second bit with Tara Flame in the Sleeping City. Ooh, is that Dan Michalko on stage? Is that the big kahuna from WCBE? Program director, I'm general manager. How many titles do you need? Dan Michalko. <laughs> I mean, really. Are you serious? I have a question for you. <laughs> yeah. You micromanage everything, Dan. You're there 200 hours a week. You put programs on the air. You decide who to hire. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> it's a Saturday night. You're at the Foley table. Why can you not reach into your pocket, pull out your walking around money, and hire two professionals to sit at the Foley table tonight? Because Amanda is a professional. Yes. <laughs> Dan Michalko, also known as the Bill Gates of public radio. <laughs> Why can you not write a check so we don't have to have a fundraiser next week, which starts May 24th? Why can you not just write one check to make sure that all of our problems are taken care of, Dan? Because right now that check would be 50, 60, 70, 76 cents. <laughs> hey, that's a start. All right, well, I'm not kidding about that fundraiser. We have a 24-hour marathon fundraising session, which starts next Thursday mm -hmm. at noon, mm -hmm. May 24th, all the way through noon on May 25th. Uh, so we ask that you tune in then. We did fall a little bit short on our last fundraiser, so we do need to make up the funds so we can operate for the next six months. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. And that's, well, through the course of the last fund drive that it came up really short, and we've, like, analyzed through and through and through and all my science cannot come up with a real reason why it didn't do very well we have lots of speculation um but yeah full two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars behind so yep and deb rada she's our number cruncher wave deb you can tell by the look on her face she doesn't like hearing this part <laughs> um we've got to make it up I and mean, that's just way too what 20 percent of our budget so that's got to be made up before the end of the fiscal year. So for the first time in six years, we're going to have a third fund drive. But we want to try to limit it to 24 hours because we know that is not your favorite listening experience. So um, I'm going to be on 24 hours straight on the air. Start tuning in 6 a.m. May 25th because even I don't know what is going to come out of my mouth starting at that point. Um, people may call just to pay the FCC fines we're going to get. 
Um, and meanwhile, time, Johnny DiLoretto is going to be at the Grandview Theater. It's just kind of an interesting idea he came up with of doing a telethon while we're doing the on-air fun drive marathon. So we're going to stream that either on YouTube Live or Facebook Live, and Johnny's going to try to have guests come and performers and musicians. So while I'm on the air begging, he gets to have fun entertaining you. So yeah, if you get tired, you don't have to switch away from CBE, just go to our video channel instead. So that's that, yes. Any questions for El Presidente here? Hey, my name's Kyle Deschon. I was actually interested in how you got into this line of work, or, yeah, career, really. <laughs> it's not really work, is it, Dan? It's not really work. No, much to my family's chagrin, no, because it, it is not uncommon for my wife to call at 9.30 or 10 at night saying, do you have any idea what time it is? And for me to say, I do now. <laughs> but until then, no, I didn't, because um, it is fun. It's, it's convoluted. Um, I started life in physics, so the science comes naturally. My dad is a rocket scientist, for real. My wife is a chemist. I can't get away from it. When I was at NASA, I was there when Skylab came down. And my division quickly realized I was one of the few people that could speak both languages, science and English. And they had run out of spokespeople to talk about the crash of the space station. So they recruited me to come over. And I got to do a lot of the radio work. Well, the big wigs did TV, which was good because I would have cracked a camera lens. So, yeah. um, But I did a lot of radio. And it was kind of neat translating the science because at the same time, the Voyagers were doing their flybys. It's a really busy time for NASA. So it was fun translating science. Then. My wife was getting her chemistry degree at a small college called Stockton in New Jersey, outside of Atlantic City. And I was working at a radio station just to pay her tuition, because there weren't a lot of physics jobs in Atlantic City. And a hurricane was blowing through, and the regular news reporters weren't getting the science right. And I actually went to the general manager and complained and said, look, they're actually going to kill people because they're giving wrong science. It's and that, that just in general, people, this is my passion. You can tell I'm starting to come out in my body language. Bad science can kill. And in that case in Atlantic City, the bad science was getting people to do things to protect themselves that were actually putting them in more danger. So I went and complained to the general manager. He said, fine, you're the new science reporter. So I started doing science reports while I was getting this, my second degree and my wife was getting her chemistry degree. And she ended up getting a job at Chem Abstracts. And it was like, well, you're going to make more money in chemistry than I ever will in physics. So I started the Amazing Science Emporium to do something with the science while she was actually doing science. And that grew into this. WCBE got the show. And bit by bit, they used my nerdiness you know, to get me deeper and deeper in to fix this, do that. Can you use science for management? Sure. You know. Yeah. So it's convoluted, but that's it. Don't follow that path. <laughs> well, we're sure glad he did. Anybody else? We just have a couple of minutes. Anybody else? So what can we do as listeners to help you during your 24-hour show? The big thing, okay, one, I'll take two parts on that. One, I'm going to be selfish because I'm going to start getting tired early on. It's really draining to beg for money on the air. Um, call. 
is right next to Master Control. We're begging in Master Control. Studio A is where the phones are, and there's a big window between. And I'm always looking through there. Sometimes I think it unnerves the phone volunteers, because <laughs> um, I want to see how we're doing. When the phones are dead, our energy goes way down. But when the phones ring, the energy keeps us going. So call. Even if you've already donated, just call with five bucks just when you hear us getting tired. The real thing is, if you have already donated, be our ambassador. Tell your friends who you know listen to CBE how important it is. A lot of people, I still get this, public broadcasting, radio and TV, started losing government funding in the early 80s. That's where it began. And since the 80s, it's been trimmed more and more and more. And that's why you may have noticed that on-air fund drives, it wasn't until the 80s that they really caught on all across the country. It's because the government funding was being cut more and more and more. I still get people, right, 30 years ago that funding was being cut, people still call and tell me, I don't know why you're wasting your time on the air, you don't need our money, the government pays for everything. And I can't get through them, I'll point them to our website, Heather posts our annual audit on the website, no, look, you'll see. They just won't do it, they just refuse to believe that our funding really does come primarily from listeners. 70% this year is listener donations. And that's just going to keep going up as other sources of funding go away. So yeah, tell your friends how important it is. At CB, and this is how much, how important that is if we could just get the word out and activate more people to pick up that phone, only 6% of WCBE listeners donate. How do you know that? Ratings. Oh. You know, so I can look at the ratings. We, uh, we tend to average about 100,000 people, and we get 5,700 to 6,000 people who donate. So fortunately, the math is real easy on that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, think about that. That's why when I'm on the air, talking those numbers, at the beginning of a fund drive, you know, if we need to raise $375,000, that's $3.75 a listener. It is nothing if everybody contributes. I mean, what, we operate on about a $1.2 to $1.3 million budget, 100,000 listeners, $13 for the whole budget. You wouldn't have to hear underwriting. Yeah, 13 bucks a year if every listener donated would fund us. So if it was like cable where you had to pay right. to listen, yeah, yeah it would be, we would cost you $13. For the whole year. Good Lord, yeah, it's a little over a buck a month. Yeah. We're a bargain, people. Man. The best things always are, Dan. <laughs> I mean, since we're plugging. Like, yeah. Actors Theater is free. All right, All right for Actors Theater. And when's the season? It's in Schiller Park again this year? Yeah. What's the season starting now? When's the season begin? Okay. Yeah, so if you get tired of hearing Dan on the air, come <laughs> to the opening night of Macbeth. But we run for three weeks, so you don't have to show that. Okay. After you donate, then you can run. Donate first, then run. Right? <laughs> and listen. Oh, poor Kathy. She's looking at the clock, and now she's writhing. I know, because I feel said, One more. I just got to say something, but this guy right here, if you are to choose your bosses, this is the guy right here. I have nothing but the deepest love and respect for this guy. He's the reason why a lot of the staff are still here, why the radio station is on the air. This guy's the face of WCB, Dan Michalka. We love him. Only because it's the team, and I'm always aware that a radio station or any organization is its people. So it's you, it's you, 
and it's the people who volunteer. Yeah. Thanks, volunteers. Okay, Kathy, did you want to get back to like the drama? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all really important and all, but okay, I mean, well, really is. Okay, well, in that case, there's one more thing. All right, I mentioned at the beginning that we have to take advantage of the fact that we have a live audience here. There is going to come a point where our hero, Tara Flame, is in grave, grave danger. She will be attacked by hundreds, if not thousands, of tiny cyberbugs, all trying to attack her and crawl on her and just destroy her. Unfortunately, as I mentioned, I am a snap mute. So I cannot make the sound of those bugs scurrying across the floor. Poor Amanda only has two hands. It won't sound as dramatic with only two bugs scurrying across the floor. <laughs> we need you to snap, and I'll let you know by holding up these signs when the time is right. So let's, Kathy, you want to do an audio test? Okay. Now, first, find your motivation. Here, I'll, I'll open the door for you guys. Okay. So you'll know what it sounds like when the bugs start to come. So let me know when you're ready. Okay. Are you ready to be the bugs? Okay, give us the door. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's good. Can, can we put everybody at the Foley table? I think we should. <laughs> Okay, Kathy, let's get rolling. All right, we'll have our actors coming on stage for the second story of Tara Flame and the Sleeping City. Uh, as we mentioned before, this is never before seen or heard. This is one of our MAT features for 2018 and has just yet to be released on the air or on the website. So you're in for a treat tonight. You might also be in for some Foley and sound effect flubs, but it will be awesome. So. We'll make sure our actors are all ready to go, and we've got extra prep that we need to do at the Foley table. This one's a little more involved. Um, there's a lot of bangs and loud noises, so please don't be alarmed. If it looks like we've broken stuff, it was on purpose. Here we go. <laughs> Station, the largest free orbiting space station in the civilized galaxy, the city in the stars, the big M. Do people actually call it that? I have no idea. So how long until we dock? It shouldn't be long. They just got done with a big upgrade of all the automation software, so clearance should be easy. You got everything packed up? Yeah, I'm just taking the one bag. Thanks for doing this, Tara. It was no problem, Dr. Strong. Please, call me Amy. It's been long enough. Yeah, but the last time we met, there was that business with the space pirates and a planet about to explode. I don't really think that counted as a proper introduction. Attention, incoming craft. This is Molyneux Station Control, administered through Descorp Security Services. Please identify yourself. This is the LPSC Vanguard Ship, Devon Scepter, Captain Tara Flane speaking, delivering one Dr. Amy Strong to the Reticula Triangle Conference on Cultural Sciences. I have a flight plan filed, authorization code V2764. 
Stand by. Verifying. Nobody at the controls. That's odd. Flight plan found. Proceed to docking for landing procedure. Like I said, they've automated everything. Okay, bringing her in. Okay, carrying that? It's fine. It's just one bag. So, uh, what are you presenting again? I'm doing a lecture on new developments in archaeological excavation machinery. <gasps> Tech talk, uh, count me in. You don't have to spare my feelings. It does get a little dry. Although there is this new geo-imaging software. Hey, no spoilers. I appreciate your enthusiasm. So, why hasn't anyone come to meet us? Um, they must be busy. Oh, that's what I love about this place. There's always something going on. I really hope you're not so busy with the conference that you don't get time to look around. There's a lot you should check out. There's the Vassarian Casino, the Zero-G Swimming Pool, not to mention the restaurants. It's a good thing I have a guide. I just hope you don't mind crowds too much. I guess I'll have to get used to it. Where is everybody? What's the local time? Maybe everyone's asleep. Nonsense. Everybody comes this way. Nocturnal species, dinernal ones. Maybe it's a bank holiday. No, I'm serious. This is wrong. This never happens. There has to be some kind of explanation. We'll just head to the hotel so I can check in. Right. But stay on your toes. Okay, if you insist. Entering new inhabitant data. Error. Inconsistency. Potential security threat. Mobilizing security forces. Right, something's wrong. Does that mean I can put this bag down? Sure, on the sofa over there. Ugh. <sighs> oh, they have sure put you up in one ritzy place. Seems to have a staffing problem, though. I've been looking at comms all the way over here. Nobody's posted any security warnings or evacuation notices. Nobody's posted anything, really. Oh my god! What is it? There's someone down on the floor. What? Where? Behind the desk. I was leaning over. Oh, let me take a look. Uh, is she... She's alive? Just unconscious. Can't seem to rouse her, though. You know anything about Capulin biology? I'm not a medical doctor. Well, with what little I picked up in basic, I have no idea what the problem is. <laughs> it looks like there's another one. Back here in the lounge. Oh! Ah, one of ours. Big guy, too. Wait, that one's Polarian. How do you put a living crystal to sleep? Whatever it was, it must have been the same thing that did this to everyone else. And by everyone. This could be the entire station. Looks like there was some kind of struggle here. We'd have heard if there was an emergency, right? I've been checking. There has not been a single outgoing calm or chirp from Molyneux Station in almost two standard days, except for the station's official feed. Which is automated. What happened here? And what are we gonna do about it? Get down! What's that? That's a security robot. Looks like a M6. A bit overkill for a place like this, but... Hold. Explain your resistance. That's a new one. Please comply with the security robots. You will not be harmed. Is there any chance you can explain to us what's going on? 
Inhabitants have been pacified for their own safety. New arrivals will be treated accordingly. Oh, we've got to get out of here. Do you have any ideas? Well, that tank has the front entrance covered. Looks like there's a causeway across the lounge. We'll have to make a break for it. We'll be right in the open. Only for a few seconds, I'll cover. Will that gun even do any good against that thing? Hey, do you want me to try or not? Okay, let's do this. On three, right? One, two, three. Fire Assessing threat. Run, Amy, run! That's what I'm doing! Hold in the name of the law. Will it follow us? Fortunately, they're not very fast. If this isn't the entire station, though, there are plenty of others. Uh, so where is this taking us? Oh, this causeway goes everywhere. Shopping centers, clubs, restaurants. I was thinking more of getting to the computer and finding out what's happening. Oh, right now, I'm thinking more about being able to catch our breath. Oh, here, let's follow the yellow line. Do you have any idea where you're going? I think there's a chance. out of the way. That's assuming they have trouble. Watch a step. Oh, what? Oh, oh. Quite a few gamblers in here when this, uh, whatever happened. Well, at least we're sure that we won't wake them up. And most of these gambling machines are computers, which will be connected to the main network. We can try hacking in from here. Find out what's going on, at least. That's actually pretty good thinking. Of course, by we, I mean you. I have no idea how to hack anything. And you assume I do? Well, do you? Yes. Uh, hang on a second. I should bring you into dangerous situations more often. You're a natural. I'll just repurpose this touchscreen into a keyboard and... Oh, here we go. Welcome to Station Controls. Administrator account name undefined. How may I help you? Right, we have to phrase this correctly. Explain why everyone on the station is unconscious. Mulder Station runs the current version of Descorp security software. Administering protocols for all automated security forces on board. That doesn't really... Patch 2.1.493 went live some 17 hours ago. Reinforce core protocol. Maximize health and safety of all persons under security purview. Algorithmic interpretation enabled to maximize efficient uptake. What does that mean? It means they let the computer decide how to interpret its instructions. That's not normal. Okay, station. You decide to maximize health and safety, and then what? Inhabitants of the station were placed into stasis via application of stun devices, modulated for different species. Crowds were cleared from major causeways to eliminate risk of tren car accidents. That's almost logical. This should be simple enough. I got us in as administrators. Computer, terminate the security program. Wake everyone up as soon as possible. Sorry, I cannot do that. Security program is set to core priority. No changes can be made to core logic via remote access. Well, that's just great. Internal sensors indicate two figures still not in compliance with security protocol. Please remain where you are. We will take care of this shortly. I think we should leave soon. This is just typical. It really is. I don't think now is the time. Some gang of software jockeys in their L5 luxury flats pitch some algorithm that's supposed to fix everything. I hear what you're saying, but I And companies and city governments and anyone trying to save a few work hours, they say, okay, and they put these programs into place before anyone has any time to... Do not resist. All citizens must comply. 
Hurry, this way. Sorry, I got a little carried away. Happens to the best of us. Now run! So this entire thing is just a software bug. That's bad programming. They didn't set proper limits on what the station AI could do, so it decides the best way to keep order is just to put everyone to sleep. Well, there has to be some way to turn it off. We'd have to go to the computer core and do a reset. But you mean the actual computer core, the physical place? Yes, of course, but this place is so giant, how could anyone possibly follow me? All points emergency. Non-compliant citizens loose in the main thoroughfare. Quadrant A, Sector 15. Increased force has been authorized. We will try not to kill or harm you, but cannot guarantee your safety. The last time I was here, I was on Vanguard business. I was tracking some gun runners. They let me look at some they used security footage, and for some reason I could only do that at the core. It's right where you'd expect it to be, the center of the station. How far is that? About 30 kilometers. Okay, so I'm about halfway to a heart attack already. Oh, we won't have to run the whole way. Can we stop now? No, I don't trust the conveyor belts to keep working, and the computer can shut down the lifts, but there's a system that has to keep going no matter what. Oh my god, what is that smell? Recycling. In order to maintain life support, the station has to keep recycling its chemical byproducts. To do that, it has to be able to collect waste from all over the station and bring it to the Central Processing Center. And they use those cargo transport flyers. Is it on autopilot? That's easily switched off. Really, how do you know all of this? One of my nights out got a little crazy. Hop in. Another thing I learned, these babies go pretty fast when they're unloaded. Hey. I feel sick. Try not to throw up. We're headed toward the center of gravity. But we're flying straight down? It feels weird, doesn't it? My drones activated. Targets reacquired. I was afraid of this. Those are plasma bolts! They're done playing nice! Hang on! They got the engine! Not entirely. It's leaking, but I think that I can stabilize. Nope! That did it! Can you land this thing? Not really, but can steer a little as we go down! I don't suppose there's a pool or anything. A pool? Wait, of course, yes! Why are you pointing us there? There's no water! Remember what I told you earlier? There's a zero-G swimming pool! Can we make it? We may have to jump clear of the transport. Are you ready? I guess so. On my mark. One, two, three! Ah! Tara, I'm still falling! Push away with your legs. It's just like a regular swimming pool. Okay, I really am gonna be sick now. Oh, there's a maintenance hatch over there. Leads right to security. Follow me. Emergency. Unauthorized personnel in security core. The main system hub should be around here. Which one's the hub again? You can't miss it. It's a big box-like thing. It's actually easier to swap things in and out physically, so it's about the size of a rhinoceros. Dr. Strong, please reconsider. This is a dangerous procedure. Hey, I finally learned your name. Here it is. The main bus. Just access the terminal. I do not know what you are planning to do to me. I do not understand. I 
I am afraid. Now, calm down. We're not going to shut you off or wipe anything. We just want to debug this one piece of software. These systems are so temperamental, I swear. I cannot allow you to change my core processes. I do not wish it. What's that? Last-ditch security looks like. How okay. fast can you do this? Well, I have to type in the code by hand, and Delta 5 is of the most elegant of programming languages. Now, if this were S-talk, I... Ow! Something just ran across my foot! You've got to be kidding me, great bugs! What the... Basic repair drones, the station's weaponized them! Oh, like bee stings! I'll try to hold them off, you hurry it up! Uh, there's one on my leg! I've got it! I am sorry, this is the only way I can protect myself. They're trying to take apart the terminal! Lock out all changes! Hurry up! I can't, they broke the monitor! I can't even read what I'm typing! Oh, these things are gonna stick us to death! Can we just take this apart? Well, we can take out modules from here, but if we don't know which one runs the security system, we could rip out life support or we could rip out... Ah! Wait a second! Do you remember the company they said was running security? Yes, Descorp, Descorp. What's their logo look like? I don't know, it looks like some kind of pyramid. Wait, no, there it is, there it is. This one, right here, you're sure, you're absolutely yes, just go ahead and I pull it. I have a reputation for making rest decisions about... plug-and-play technology. Attention! Security software has encountered a fatal error due to the disconnection of device DSS-4A, engaging default protocols. How are... How's the rest of you? Run security diagnostics. I am fine, thank you. <laughs> okay, then. Do whatever you need to do to start waking everybody back up. I will dispatch medical drones. I see now that my security protocol was overriding my other priorities. I hope this has not been too great an inconvenience. Transport back to your hotel is available at Checkpoint Alpha. Thanks for that. We'll be on our way. I swear to God, developers need to check their algorithms more carefully. No hard feelings? Maybe big city life isn't for me. Trust me, you have my absolute permission to stay in your hotel room the whole trip when you're not lecturing or whatever. How about you? Honestly, a symposium on archaeological equipment or whatever sounds like a good change of pace. I think I'll go to bed after this drink. Yeah, I'll head back to my nice, cozy spaceship cabin. Oh, but sometime we have to check out this one seafood place. Tara. It's Terran and Beetlejuice infusion. I wasn't even sure that was even possible. Can we discuss it when the city isn't coming out of an artificially induced coma? Right. Right, right. We should do this more often. No. <laughs> Evan Waters and produced by Midnight Audio Theater. This story is featured as part of the MAT Scriptwriting Competition Winners Collection of 2017-2018, featuring the voice talents of Beth Josephson as Tara Flame. <laughs> Anna Schuff as Dr. Amy Strong. 
Mandy Fox as the station computer. And Julian Kraska as flight AI and robot security. Foley work was performed by Amanda Stevens, Julian Kraska, and Dan Michalko. music and additional sound effects run by, well, Modesty Prevents. <laughs> the music was provided by Kevin McLeod and Kevin Hartwig. The executive producer is Dan Michalko. This has been a Meridian Media Midnight Audio Theater production. <laughs> And one last credit, the nanobugs in the last scene provided generously by the wonderful audience of the Midnight Audio Theater live performance. And that's all she wrote. <laughs> That's our first one, so we don't have an elegant out. We hope you enjoyed the show tonight. You want to try that again? I was still, you were still a robot there. <laughs> I like the robot effect, though. That's yeah. kind of cool. Um, yeah, that's, we don't have an elegant out. It's our first time, so that is the show for tonight. But seriously, thank you all so much for coming out. I think the experiment was a success, and we should do it again. And don't forget, there are still donuts out there. Tomorrow's Sunday morning, I'm just saying. Thanks very much, have a great night, everybody. Thank you, everyone. And that's it for our show tonight. Once again, thank you for tuning in to our first ever MAT live performance. And if you missed any of tonight's show, we'll have it in full at our website, midnightaudiotheater.com, along with our full archive of episodes, which will be updated this weekend, we promise, and our many other MAT features. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can also email us at midnightaudiotheater at gmail.com. And while you're online, don't forget to like us at our Facebook page. We'll be back again next week, audio drama fans. Same bat time, same bat channel. I'm Kathy Ranella saying thank you for tuning in this week for another hour of audio storytelling. And stay tuned. BBC World News is up next.